Hey, how's it going? All right, how are you? Good. Stanzione? Stanzione. Yeah, Stanzione. Not too bad, not too bad. All right, good for me. All right, so um, thanks, of course, for taking the time. Uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, to chat with you, of course. And we are on the topic of unschooling, right? Yeah. All right, so, <clears throat> I mean, the, I know a little bit about it, uh, I guess, uh, but uh, if you could... Give me the lowdown on how you ended up uh, in this situation. It sounds like uh, quite a story. Yeah, we uh, we didn't do it from the beginning. You know, our our daughter was in public school, and uh, I suppose I can tell a story that uh, a lot of people are familiar with about why that wasn't working out. Uh, we finally there was a last straw, and we we pulled her out of public school and thought we would uh, try private school, thinking that would that would solve some of the problems and. Uh, I was I was surprised that it didn't. You know, it was worse in some ways, maybe better in some ways, but in, in the ways that we really cared about it, really wasn't much different at all. So, after just a couple of weeks, we we pulled out of that too and uh, decided to try homeschooling. And we went and got a curriculum and uh, lesson plans and all that. And uh, we spent probably about a month trying to do that, and it just didn't feel like that was working either. So we just decided to take a break and try to figure out what we would do next. And uh, so my wife and I, you know, talked a lot about, you know, what we would try to do. We figured if, if we just spent a little time trying to uh, figure out what to do and, you know, maybe she'd fall behind or something, but it wouldn't be that big a deal. So we just decided to take the time to figure that out. And uh, I remember the moment because I, you know, looking back on my own education, I have always thought that it was mostly a waste of time because I was I was kind of nerdy so if I wasn't in school I was probably busy learning something uh, and so you know I, I had developed this idea about education that it wouldn't it be, be great if you just learned by living life and going and doing stuff and and so I shared that idea with my wife and she said yeah that's called unschooling I just uh, just found out about that and I thought she was making fun of me at first but uh, she told me a little bit more about it and she had just come across it as well, didn't know anything about what it was. So we started looking into that. And uh, there was a big unschooling conference in town going on at the very moment that that happened. And uh, it was it was just a little bit too late for us to, to make it to it. So we didn't we didn't get to go to that one. But we, you know, started doing some reading and started trying to head down that route without really knowing what it was. And then we were very eager to go that next year, our first year at, the, at that conference and, and learn quite a bit. You know, there's a lot of it's a conference. So there's a lot of us. Uh, speeches going on and things like that and, and a lot of community but what really did it for me was uh, the kids you know there's all these five and six and seven year olds uh, running around like they own the place on the elevator but being very very respectful and, and treating me as a peer not as uh, uh, you know an authority figure or somebody to be afraid of I might as well have been one of his uh, you know five or six year olds and you know just encountering them everywhere all over the hotel and, and seeing how they interacted with each other and with adults uh, uh, kind of blew my mind a little bit. So I was, I was quite sure at that point that, that, that I was on the right path. That, that eliminated most of my doubts. And, and so I think that's, that's kind of the story of how we got started. Right. And was it <clears> – there <throat> was some bullying that was happening with your daughter when she was around 10 or 11 in the public school system. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was – and it wasn't uh, – it, it was at the beginning just from the students, and or at least especially from the students. And 
uh, and then on a different, not physical bullying from the teachers, but uh, some of that as well. And you know, and she would come home, you know, with these these new stories day after day. That, you know, these kids would find just new ways to bully her. And you know, I I finally gave her my uh, explicit uh, I don't want to say consent, but uh, you know, I told her you need to stand up for yourself. You know, if 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 nobody's going to stand up for you, you know, de defend yourself. Don't don't uh, just take it on the chin and and walk away. You know, maybe th these are bullies. They're supposed to go away when you stand up to them. And uh, so she got uh, pushed the next day, the very next day, and uh, told the, the, the little girl, don't push me. And so the girl pushed her again. And so my daughter, you know, grabbed her by her ponytail and threw her on the floor. And, and that, I suspect, might have been the end of it, except that after that, you know, of course, it's my daughter that, that gets in trouble and uh, gets suspended. Uh, nothing happens to the other girl. That was the, the last straw that I mentioned before, that we just decided we are going to pull her out. And was there bullying before that? Was there something that changed? Uh, was there any particular reason that you think why? I mean, was it everyone bullying everyone? Was your daughter picked on a little bit more? I'm just, the origin of that is always curious to me. Um, I mean, you know, I sort of left Canada, came to, sorry, left England, came to Canada when I was about 11. So I was kind of different from the other kids. And I wasn't hugely bullied or anything like that. But I certainly did get that sense of being different. Uh, was there anything that changed in your daughter's uh, life or social circle or anything like that? Uh, it was a new school, but other than that, you know, I, it's hard to say what it was. I mean, she, the impression I had always had at school going to, you know, drop her off and pick her up and, and do the occasional visits was that it, it was just kind of full of thugs anyway. And so I, I kind of doubt she was unique and that she was being picked on. She was just, uh, the, the place she emerged in that social order, I guess. Yeah. And there is this idea that, you 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 fight back, right? That's sort of the the idea. You you fight back, and and you sort of the bullies will back down if you if you stand up to them and so on. And do you still think that was the way to approach it? I mean, I've heard a bunch of different ways of trying to deal with it. I, I do still like to think that it could have worked if if the whole system hadn't been on the bullies' side. You know, if if she if if they had been left to their own devices to to see how that was going to end up. Maybe, but when when she finally, after months of of bullying, uh, finally stands up for herself, and she's the one who gets in trouble for it, you know that that's not going to end well. Right, and was it so? In, in the process, was there any curiosity about what caused the conflict, or any idea of trying to figure out what happened, or was it just well? Your daughter was aggressive, so she's done. Well, we uh, met with, uh, I think it was the vice principal, and, uh, you know, we told the story, and, and the position of the school was that, well, we should have taken it up with the school's authorities, and, of course, our response to that was that we had. We'd been complaining about this bullying for a long time, uh, but, you know, there's no evidence. There's only uh, her story about what, you know, and what happened on the bus and at school, and... Uh, so there was obviously going to be no resolution from there, and so that was that was when we pulled her out after meeting with the the people at the school. And uh, what was your daughter's uh, thoughts or opinions about this? Uh, she was uh, obviously very frustrated, and she would come home, you know, sometimes crying, especially if it had just happened on the bus on the way home, which which happened frequently. 
uh, and it might have been just verbal sometimes, and sometimes it was physical, you know, throwing things at her and and then otherwise just calling her names. But uh, she didn't like it one bit. I mean, she had, has always been a really a really uh, happy girl and and you know made friends easily and and got along well with people. And I, I, I don't actually have any theories about why she was singled out, if she was singled out, you know, if she wasn't one of a great many uh, to be picked on like this. But uh, she, you know, she, at the time, I mean, she's 11 years old. She knew she didn't want to be picked on. She didn't, she knew she didn't want to be uh, embarrassed in school and things like that. And she didn't, she definitely didn't put up any resistance to the idea of being pulled out of school. Uh, she thought she might miss her friends, but we talked about that. And she still does uh, hang out with her friends and, and, always has so that that wasn't much of an obstacle so she did she didn't uh resist it at all and when we tried private school she didn't resist that so much at first until she got there and found that it really wasn't much different yeah okay so what happened um because you know some people think it's the refuge right but what happened when she went to uh, uh to private school uh it was the the first or second day at private school she was uh called upon to answer some question that uh, she didn't know the answer to. You know, this was the middle of the school year. And uh, she didn't know the answer to it. And she was, uh, you know, reluctant to talk and, and a little shy. And the teacher just drilled her and drilled her and drilled her until she started to cry. And then, uh, you know, out of embarrassment. And then the uh, the teacher started uh, basically bawling her out for, for crying. And then the other kids started doing it. And the teacher didn't... Uh, to or say anything about that and you know when we heard that story we're like this this is not going to work out either and we we tried because we'd already spent so much money at that point on getting her into the school but uh after i think it was a week and a half or so we ended up pulling her out right i mean if you're the new kid and that is the way that you're treated by the teacher and by the, i mean that they're setting the whole thing up right that's how you were defined then for the next x number of years right so that's pretty rough and this was, right. I assume, obviously you did research, they were a good school and all that, but, you know, these uh, sadistic teachers and not to mention students, they can pop up just about anywhere. Yeah, and, you know, I spent some time in a private school myself, and I didn't, I didn't have an experience anything like this. And I think, it, for all I know, it was this one teacher because of the, the uh, information I got later, I, you know, she'd been uh, a teacher for 30-something years, and uh, we ended up talking to the principal about her. My impression was that she'd just been doing it a long time and was working toward retirement and had maybe lost whatever passion she had once had for, for you know, teaching kids and just just didn't have it anymore and probably shouldn't be a teacher. So, I mean, may, it, it it could have gone a lot differently. I think I think there are, there are, there are some good teachers out there in the system and she did not get one of them. Uh, and I don't and I don't regret that she that she got the teacher she did because we may we may not have started down this path that I'm that I'm so grateful we did. Yeah, it's uh I you know that's pretty charitable. Uh, I would certainly say that if you lose your passion for something to the point where you're becoming abusive to children, it's kind of your job to take yourself out of the equation. I mean, Absolutely. you have to, to you have to know that, right? I mean, and also it's the, you know, it's the administrator's job. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about the school administration and the principals and all that as a whole if they're willing to allow this kind of you know, mess and, and abuse to go on with, with children. I mean, the new kid, it's the middle of a school year. And of course, with the new kids, you know that there's going to be a transition because not everyone teaches everything at the same time. So good heavens. I mean, that's just nutty. I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, I went to a, a private school as well. And it's, uh, I mean, 
it was pretty old school and and uh, pretty pretty mean towards the children for sure. So it's not to say all of them, but yeah, I had uh, <laughs> a friend who was interested in a, a private school and went there and was told about how. Oh, you know, we have, uh, you know, we try to teach children all about different belief systems. You know, we have, you know, Muslim week, we have Sikh week, we have uh, Hindu week, Christian week, and so on. And it's like, oh, when when's your atheist week? Uh, <laughs> we don't really do that so much. Okay, so you really don't teach all belief systems, just those that are inoffensive to the most parents. Anyway, but um, so, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a shame. Now... When you so okay, then then the next step, of course, was you said to go to, to the homeschooling thing, and and as you say, you, you tried it for about a month, and and how did that go down? Well, um, it just never quite felt right. Like uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't a, a big struggle, you know, between us and her. You know, it was, it was a structured, it was a school at home kind of thing, like a lot of homeschooling is, and we thought that that was basically the only alternative left to us at the time, uh, and. It, it's hard to say what just wasn't working out, but it began to feel like it just wasn't working. You know, like she wasn't enjoying it and we weren't enjoying it. And if she was learning anything, you know, it was it was hard to even see the value in it. You know, she was learning things that might enable her to pass a test. And so uh, eventually, you know, we, we tried just kind of moving it to a much less structured thing with, with uh, without so much of a a daily schedule, just maybe daily goals, and uh, and so and so it became less and less structured until we just decided to take a break to 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 figure out what we would end up doing because it it uh, just kind of vaguely wasn't working out for us. Right, and so it was a pretty quick transition, I guess, all things considered. Um, and then, how did the how did the uh, unschooling bit take? Uh, well. Like I said, we had that conversation where where unschooling, uh, you know, where I became aware of it, of its existence, and started to to learn about what it was and what were the ideas behind it, and uh, and so we really weren't doing anything. And in retrospect, maybe we at that point we were already unschooling just without you know having a name for it or having any idea what we were supposed to be doing apart from what we were not supposed to be doing. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, after that that first conference, when we met a lot of people that we could reach out to for help, uh, especially Dana Martin. I know you've you've talked to her, and she's she's co-host or uh, guest hosted your show. Um, after that, it felt like we had a lot more direction, and and like we were doing this purposefully, and and not just not doing the other things. Now, do you think there was something in, because I mean, this is an unusual thing. A lot of parents would sort of just grit their teeth and tell their kids to somehow find a way to manage the problem or deal with the situation. Do you think there was anything in your or your wife's background that may have led you to be more open to this kind of situation? Uh, I think in my personal background, there was my you know, my own attitude toward my own education. I graduated high school and everything, but my wife didn't. She, she, uh, failed a couple of years in a row and then, and then just dropped out and then, uh, you know, obviously turned out just fine as they say, uh, and more than fine. I mean, she's one of the most intelligent people I've ever known. And she, uh, was able to go to college, you know, without any trouble. Uh, I had to take a couple of remedial bath courses cause you know, you don't usually just pick up math wandering around living life, but, uh, you know, other than that, no, no, no trouble getting into college or, or uh, having a professional life. 
and so I, I think she had that going on for her and and I and I just had my uh, I guess my ambivalence toward my own education right right and so yeah because of course a lot of the first thing I hear about when I talk about this with parents like I was just at a I was just speaking at a conference and plugging the unschooling stuff and people are like but but how do your kids get into college you know like there, there's this road that you have to take which leads straight through the high school diploma right um but as far as i understand it i had david friedman on the show a couple of years ago talking about this and he said you know they just write some entrance exams and chat with people and you know show all their work and uh, and they just go go in yeah i i have you know through the the conference and the the community and everything i've i've met a lot of unschoolers who have chosen college as a path and none of them seem to have had any trouble whatsoever with it. Right. I mean, so it's a slightly non-standard application, I imagine. But... Well, apparently because, uh, I guess because homeschooling has been kind of a thing for a long time, they, they didn't have much trouble adapting to that. And, be, and because homeschoolers have so consistently outperformed, uh, especially public schoolers, uh, that they they've you know adapted to this and they understand and generally it involves jumping through some hoops and and uh, you know putting some paperwork together about kind of what you've done and what what uh, your the, the child is, uh, supposedly knows and and or has studied and learned and done and uh, that that suffices and you do you know take the the standardized tests. Right. Okay. So I mean, there's no. I mean, it's funny, you know, because when I was a kid, of course, you know, the 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 the, the permanent record of the marks and all that was considered to be so. I mean, there was this sort of propaganda thrown at us that if we didn't get, you know, high marks in in high school, but that was it. I mean, man, you're just flipping burgers for the rest of your life. Right. And it seems to be a pretty sort of closely guarded secret that that's all complete bullshit. That if you can show some mental competence, you can just go to college if you want. Uh, just have to talk to people and you know take a slightly different path, but there's no big black Mordor style gates that that are thrown up in front of people who don't go through the traditional miseducation paradigm. Right, and that's assuming you even want to go to college. You, that there's there's nothing that says that uh, college is required for success either. Well, okay, yes, but imagine, I mean, imagine how many more dollars Bill Gates would make or would have made <laughs> if he'd only finished. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, Steve Jobs. I mean, these guys. Okay, they're rich, of course, right? But imagine how much richer they'd been if they'd actually finished their college degrees. Uh, that's of course. And Michael Dell. They all they all they all are sold as uh, exceptions to the rule, but it seems like there's a there's a pattern here. Yeah, and you know that Marlon Brando uh, only took a couple of acting lessons. I mean, imagine how much better an actor he'd been if he'd spent four okay. years in theater school. Uh, people, uh, they don't. Uh, and I, I mean. It's so funny, you know. I I posted this thing on um, on climate change, some skeptical stuff on climate change, and people are saying, "Oh, well, this guy is only an electrical engineer. He's not a climatologist. This, that, and the other, right?" And like, well, these are the same kind of people. Like Einstein, he's just a patent clerk. What the hell does he know? <laughs> like, right, exactly. He's not even a not even a professor. Anyway, it's just I don't know. People get kind of hung up on that stuff because it's a little hard to judge original thought. You know, you just like to be able to quote credentials and and get away with stuff but anyway um so yeah it is it is kind of annoying to me that people put their kids through this unbelievable hell uh pretty much junior high school and uh and high school are um you know sixth and seventh layers of a dantian kind of hell 
and uh, people, you know, shove their kids through these sausage grinders and with the idea that this is the only way that your kids can get ahead in life. And, oh, man, if they just knew how much those kids were being trained to be soldiers and workers, you know, <laughs> soldier ants and worker bees, that's what that crap is for and that it's so completely unnecessary uh, you can uh, i mean you know it's, it's 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 you know it's a glorified prison slash daycare and it's just so unnecessary for whatever your kids want to do with their life in fact it's it's not only it's counterproductive because by the time they've gone through that whole process they're usually so you know they either have been bullied and are traumatized or are bullies and are <laughs> budding sociopaths and whatever success they want in life, in particular their emotional life, it's only going to be hampered, I think, by this horrible process. Yeah, you know, but I, it, in my experience, because I, you know, having discovered this and, and feeling so strongly about it, I, I do tend to evangelize, for lack of a, a better term, and when I talk to parents who have their kids in public school, you know, this is the only way isn't what they're telling me. They're telling me that they're not qualified or that, uh, well, you know, it's easy for us because my wife doesn't work when, you know, she she quit her job to do this. You know, we had to tighten the belt a bit to, to, to make this happen. Uh, but but there they almost everyone seems to acknowledge that uh, public school is far from the ideal and that uh, at least homeschooling would be would be better than that if only they could do it. Uh, and that, that that's what I that's what I try to help them to overcome. Right, right. And the, the myth of homework, too. My God. As I said, I was I was just at this conference, and there was a a, a really lovely family there that uh, oh, my daughter played with their daughter sort of all week long, and it seemed like half the day their kids were doing all the homework that they weren't doing. I think it was March break for them, but they still had a whole you know a homework, and it's you know supposed to be what ten minutes a grade kind of thing. So by grade six you have an hour of homework, by grade twelve you have two <laughs> two hours of homework a night. I mean, that's sick. I mean, you try try having a job, you know, try being a boss where you send your employees home with two hours work extra a night. I mean, this is, they just, no. <laughs> well, maybe not in today's economy, but any decent economy, they just tell you to go screw yourself. And, yeah, you and it's these... such an invasion of family time. And it's such a great degree of stress between the parents and the children. It's homework time. Finish your homework. Check your homework. I mean, man, this is supposed to be quality time between parents and children. And it turns out into these battles over long divisions and algebraic fractions. It's like, God, what a nightmare. And and it's completely pointless. I mean, they've actually done studies which show that um, uh, knowledge actually increases with less homework. I mean, it's, all it is is just an invasive big brother punitive crap designed to set children against parents and get the, get the teachers off the hook. Yeah, and get they, the teachers they, off the hook. So if the, if the kids aren't learning, then the teachers can say, well, they haven't been doing their homework. That's the problem. Um, whereas it's just crap teaching that's the problem. Anyway, so homework is a big thing. I mean, I, I never did any homework. I would, uh, I mean, if I had a book report to do, I'd write that because I like to read. But, uh, I mean, I skated through all of junior high and high school. I, I mean, never did a stitch of homework. And, and I'm happy for it. I think of all, <laughs> all that great fun I had uh, not sticking with my nose in a book. And it's not like I don't have a love of learning. But, yeah, the, the homework thing is just something that really, really bothers me. And, uh, me too. And I'm, I'm familiar with the studies you're talking about, about how it, you know, it correlates negatively with, with performance and with learning. And uh, but it's I don't think it's for lack of good ideas that the schools are designed the way they are. I mean we've we've got this these studies coming out of uh, you know establishment academics. It is it isn't because we don't know that it's no good that that the system doesn't change. You know it's it's not like homework's going to go away now that we know it doesn't do any good. 
Right, right. Yeah, of course. I mean, because the purpose of, I mean, none of this stuff has the purpose of educating children. I mean, because if it did, then that would be the North Star that they would guide all their policies by. You know, some guy says, hey, I really want to go north, and he's heading south. And you take out a compass and say, hey, man, you're heading south. He keeps on walking. It's like, okay, well, then you don't want to head south. As you don't want to head north, you just want to head south. You're just saying north for some And so they have no interest at all in, in actually consulting with the children. I mean, I never filled out a survey about what I liked and what I didn't like. I mean, I, I order a pizza. I get three surveys attached to it. Uh, but, you know, 12 years of, of grinding me through this uh, brain-deadening um, mind crusher. And uh, nobody ever asked me what I liked or didn't like. I mean, it's all just for the satisfaction of the the people in charge and the teachers and the administrators and the government officials. And uh, it's just such a horrible, horrible system. I mean, it, I, I genuinely believe it's, it's, a, it's, it's toxic to, to the soul. It's toxic to the mind and the heart uh, and, and relationships and self-esteem. Uh, uh, public school is a toxic substance. You know, people go insane over BPA in the bottles, you know, because of one in a million chances. I'm, but, oh, my God, you know, people go insane over, oh, I heard that there were razor blades in candy bars. It's a complete urban myth. But people then check all their children's candy, and it's like, and then send them off to school. It's like, you realize yeah. that, I mean, your kid would be better off with candy, and, with, with razor blade in the chocolate than they would go to public school for 12 years. But people don't see it as the, the toxic monstrosity it is. Yeah, and the, the private schools, I, I expected, I wasn't even a libertarian at the time, but I, I for libertarian kind of reasons i did expect private schools to be quite a bit better but i i think i didn't realize the degree to which uh the private schools are under pressure to conform to the way public schools do things to get accredited uh so that their graduates you know have a uh, an easier time getting into college and and can get these uh certifications from the state that uh, that they're all right and so they they conform remarkably well to the, the, the way the the public schools do things which is uh, as I've heard you say, it looks like it did 150 years ago. Well, I think that's true. I think it's true, but I think it's an important point to remember that if people think the free market is somehow moral or somehow good innately or produces good results, and and that's not true at all. I mean, the free market produces what the consumers want. And if the parents who send their children to public school happen to be, you know, somewhat on the mean or disciplinarian or authoritarian or vain or privileged or, you know, whatever social sort of climbing status seekers and so on, then then the the the, the school will reflect that because that's what the the parents want. I mean if if nobody wants pesto pizza, there's no pesto pizza, right? And if nobody wants bullying in private schools, there's no bullying in private schools. So if the culture is problematic, then whatever the free market produces is going to be infected with that problematic aspect. So, I mean, the private schools are better in that they more closely track the needs of the parents, the desires of the parents. But if the parents aren't listening to the desires of the children and respecting and acting on those desires, then it is only reflecting the needs of the parents. And if the needs of the parents are not to have their children treated well, why then private schools will provide exactly that. It doesn't make it better because it's voluntary. It just means that it may it, reflect, it will reflect what the consumer wants. And, you know, sometimes the consumer wants really shitty things, right? Yeah, or he, you know, grew up uh, getting all he thinks is available and or, you know, went through public school himself and, and thinks that's that's how it ought to be. But his kids can go to a slightly better version of the same thing. And there are also, you know, because because not all parents 
want this uh, and also have uh, either not discovered or not chosen unschooling or homeschooling. There are, there are Montessori schools and other, other sorts of public, uh, private schools that uh, do give those kind of consumers what they want. Uh, but they, they do seem to be outnumbered by the by these private schools that uh, operate indistinguishably from the public schools. Yeah, I mean, it's like that story about, do you have Atheist Day? I mean, I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but I mean, if you're going to teach people different belief systems, at least teach them the sort of critical, skeptical, rationalist, secular, atheist thought. I mean, that's not going to be the end of the world for the kid. But if, you know, but what happens, of course, is the kid goes home with lots of questions about religion. And if the parents are really religious, parents then call up the school and, get really upset, which for a private school is a big problem, right? right. So uh, you know, a private school may end up much teaching more irrational stuff than, than a public school, uh, because in a public school, you're not allowed to teach religion. So the private, I mean, we up here in Canada, we have private Catholic schools that teach all the children they're going to hell. Well, they're private, okay, semi-private, government funding and so on, but uh, they, they provide a higher quality education in some areas. Um, but Boy, you know, at a pretty significant price. If that doesn't happen to be your belief system, that's a pretty significant price to pay. So the the, the sort of free market stuff is not. I mean, I obviously prefer it. it's voluntary, but it doesn't mean that it's. I mean, it, it, it you can end up with more irrational stuff. I mean, as far as I understand it, a lot of the Amish schools are fairly private, and boy, the stuff they teach there is pretty nutty. So um, yeah, so the, I mean, the private doesn't automatically mean better unless the parents or the consumers are are better. Sure, and if you know Christians, I mean, if you're if you're a Christian or a Catholic or uh, you know religious at all, just about you're probably going to be upset with uh, a lot of what goes on in public school and be inclined to, uh, I guess, put your money into you know a, a school that teaches what you, how you want your kids to be brought up instead of you know taking care of that yourself. But and so you know, Catholic schools, for example, proliferate to satisfy that demand. Right, right. So yeah, more private, but not, not saner. So yeah, I can say. I mean, it's not too shocking to me that the private school uh, did not uh, perform admirably better at an emotional level. I mean, the emotional state of the species as a whole, I think, is is pretty primitive, uh, still. I mean, with few <laughs> random spots of light uh, out there, but uh, it's still pretty primitive. And you know, if if everyone's into junk food and there's a free market, well, guess what? The free market is going to deliver to everyone. <laughs> you know, it's just right. this big giant mirror of society's demands. And since uh, I think most people still remain in a fairly primitive state from an emotional standpoint, uh, I mean, the market, whatever the market for education is going to be there, is going to deliver that. So yeah, that's not too shocking. But um, so, and you were saying that the kids, because uh, I've yet to be, I got my first unschooling conference uh, that I'm going to in August, and so I've not met. The um, anti-Lord of the Flies, uh, little uh, civilized people, other than my own daughter, who, who come from that. I'm sorry. Is that the Rethinking Everything conference? Yes. 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 I'll see you there. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, so uh, tell me what your experience was uh, the first time you went to uh, to an unschooling conference. You, you mentioned a little bit that these uh, you know kids are walking around treating you like peers and so on, which is I, I think entirely right. But um, was it was it a real shock to you? Or, I mean, because I should prepare myself, I suppose, as well. Uh, yeah, that was the the single most memorable thing to me was was the uh, the way the the kids acted and interacted with each other and the hotel staff and and with me and my daughter. Uh, but uh, Really, it was the, the 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 whole weekend was really remarkable. You know, I I attended all the uh, sessions that I could and and heard a lot of uh, really great speakers, and among them, the the most memorable to me was, uh, I mean, most of them were about parenting, but they 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 aren't all. It used to be 
called Rethinking Education, and it came to be called Rethinking Everything because it, 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 it has broadened its scope a little bit. Uh, but uh, Dana Martin uh, had a session called What Does Freedom Look Like? that uh, really struck a chord with me that I think was, that was the beginning of uh, my journey toward becoming a libertarian and then eventually an anarchist was uh, just the, the way she got me thinking about what, what exactly freedom is and means and, and how important should it be to me. And, uh, and that was also, you know, probably a huge part of, of why we were able to, to stay the course uh, in unschooling, you know, given, given the challenges that come up. Uh, is that you know what's out there in the market? I mean, maybe if there if there were uh, something available on the market, a, a place we could send our daughter to, you know, I don't know, three times a week or five or one or or seven, that that uh, would be something that she would find satisfactory, that we would find find satisfactory, that 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 uh, gives her what she needs, and you know, if 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 there if it didn't have to be us, uh, you know. Maybe, maybe I would take advantage of something like that and and ask you know find out if she wants to avail herself of, of something like that. Uh, so it would be nice if if there were more of a market for something along those lines. But uh, between between what I I learned and absorbed in those sessions and and my interactions with the kids, if uh, there isn't anybody else who can uh, take care of it for me, uh, I. You know, was was more than happy to, to as much as I could do it myself, and and you know it's it's more a full time job for my wife. I I have to uh, earn a living, but uh, I get to do that from home. So during the day and then during the evenings, you know, I spend as much time as I can with her. Uh, but it definitely all started at that one conference, and we've gone every year but one since then. Oh, fantastic! And um, obviously, I assume that you're pleased with the results, and. Um... Uh, you are uh, your daughter. I assume is relatively pleased with the results. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, have been some missteps along the way. Like I think for the for the first I don't know year or something like that, there was uh, I think a tendency on our part to kind of unparent. Like if we're not supposed to uh, you know use any kind of coercion or tell her what she's supposed to learn or shove things down her throat, then that means we, that we shouldn't do anything. We shouldn't have any influence. We shouldn't offer her any advice. We shouldn't, uh, you know, provide any particular kind of environment or anything like that. Which uh, it it took a while for us to figure out. I think that 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 was a mistake, but it wasn't it wasn't a hard mistake to uh, correct. And you know, she's uh, resilient. And uh, you know, she had she had I guess gotten into you know, for example, uh, like video games. And I. In retrospect, I think it was mostly a phase, but she would get to where she would just spend all day uh, playing video games, and uh, you know, it, there were there were mixed feelings there because I'm like, well, I've I've kind of been told, and I think I believe that I'm just supposed to let this happen, and and it will work out for the best because she's pursuing what she wants to pursue, and I do think there's truth to that, but. We, we weren't doing anything. We weren't saying, well, would you rather go to the park or do anything else, you know? Uh, or, you know, what is it that you find so enjoyable about the video games? Is there, you know, a way that we could re replicate that in some other way? Or would you like to learn how to make video games? Just that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that. And, the, I mean, a, a whole lot of unschoolers I've noticed uh, kind of get into the arts. They, you know, some a few of them managed to become professional gamers. Uh, quite a few of them 
uh, end up becoming musicians and things like that. Uh, and and so you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if she did uh, end up in the gaming industry somehow. But uh, I'm, I'm I wasn't sure, and I'm still not sure if that was you know why she was uh, gravitating toward the games. Uh, you know, it, it seemed at the time, at least, like uh, it was. You know, she could do anything she wanted. She didn't have any particular goals. You know, no particular reason to do anything else, and and nothing. You know, uh, being presented to her as an alternative, and so to entertain herself and pass the hours, she would play video games. And 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 I don't think I don't actually think that that was uh, especially healthy. And uh, you know, once once we realized that we just basically weren't doing anything, weren't even being parents. You know, I, you know, we didn't. Uh, shut off the video games or anything like that. We just started presenting her with, with uh, other things that she could be doing with us. You know, we, we would uh, take her places and we'd do things together and, and uh, you know, come up with projects we might want to do. And, and she was perfectly happy to do those. You know, she wasn't, she just didn't have anything she would rather do than play video games. Right. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And it's something that I've thought about as well when it comes to uh, unschooling. Unschooling is not unparenting, of course, right? I mean, I was, you know, there's these stories about how, oh, you know, your kids eat whatever they want, they'll end up eating the right stuff. And, you know, but I think 50% of Mexican children are obese. I uh, assume that they're eating the things that they like. Um, and, you know, so as a parent, uh, keeping them engaged with better choices uh, and explaining the reasons why, you know, you can do all of that stuff without being an authoritarian bully. I mean, you can just engage in conversation and help them to understand and so on. And that does work out. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, <laughs> just because you take them out of the shackles doesn't mean that you let them wander <laughs> alone, right? right? Our approach so I think that's a good point. Sorry? Our, our approach to the, the, the food issue, because she, she does like junk food. I like junk food, but we just don't buy junk food. And we try to always have good food at the house that's available to eat and then you know she doesn't not want to eat good food uh so that you know that that uh has, has never been much of an issue that particular issue yeah i mean junk food is is tasty you know sugar fault sugar salt and fat that's all good stuff i mean right. that's you know you can't uh you can't change that so um uh, yeah, I think trying to just keep it away is, is the way to do it. So good for you. And are, are there any other final tips that you'd like to mention to other people who are hopefully considering this approach? Yeah, I, I touched on it just briefly, but uh, the just because I think it was it was my biggest mistake getting started was that unschooling is not unparenting. You know, you got to be involved in your kid's life and and uh, be a, be a part of you know how they make decisions and and. Uh, be involved in that process. So just just because you're uh, not uh, making these decisions for them doesn't mean that you're hands off and and uh, in the other room and, and never talk to them and uh, have any have any influence over their lives. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's important. That's important. Well, listen. Uh, is there any uh, any place on the web where people can find any more information about this that you might have written or published? Uh, no, I keep telling myself I'm I'm one day going to blog about it, but uh, so far nothing. All right. Well, um, I, I really do, of course, appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, your openness, of course, as a as a parent to to take this approach. I think it's been um, it sounds fantastic. I'm sort of at the beginning of this path, so I certainly appreciate hearing from people further down from it. And um, yeah, thank thank you so much for your time, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, meeting up in uh, uh, in Texas. 
In uh, Nacogdoches, right. Oh, no, in, uh, <laughs> I'm going to see you there, too, at uh, Liberty in the Pines. Oh, you're going to be at Liberty in the Pines? Oh, fantastic. Next weekend. How nice to see that. And what's the website for the Rethinking Everything? Do you have? Do you remember that by chance? I believe it's rethinkingeverything.net. I'm rechecking now. Because right. uh, we'll be there, yes, too. Yes, it's rethinkingeverything.net. Rethinkingeverything.net. I will be giving a speech there. Liberty in the Pines. Uh, I guess that's next weekend. And, uh, yeah, nice to chat with you. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Thanks again for your time. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Take care.